0: just jump right into the word this morning I tell you we had a beautiful prayer time last night and the Holy Spirit just moved in a mighty way and just filled the airwaves and uh, I just think like, set the atmosphere for today and uh, the worship team did an awesome job last night and an amazing job and the sound team amen amazing job today now let's give them a hand they worked very hard at this good to have Sydney here always what a blessing. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, we're going we're gonna to just continue on in the series that we started last week uh, about the, uh, uh, the names of God. And, and I feel that uh, as we look at these here, um, that, that something's going to happen inside of you. That it, that's going to move you forward toward fulfilling all that God is calling us to do in our day and in our generation, in our hour. We have something to fulfill. How many realize that? Your life has a major purpose in what God's doing on the earth right now. You're not, you're not a minor. You're a major. And, and, and God wants to stir that up inside of you. Uh, and sometimes it just takes courage, as Jonathan was talking about. It just takes courage for us to realize you that know, we are really the head, not the tail. And when we act like the head, not the tail, without pride, come on, without pride, if we can do this, we will see the world changed around us. Amen, Pastor Danny. That was a good word. i got a self-contained. I'm going to get a canned amen. Ivan's going to hook me up one of these days. It's just the truth, though, you know? I mean, it's just, it's just the real truth. And so as we step into the, the Word this morning, I want us to read together this first verse that we uh, read last week, and uh, it kind of gives us a summary there. So if we can go to the first, uh, the first verse, Psalms 34 and verse 3, and let's, uh, let's read this together, uh, good and strong, if you would. You know, faith comes by hearing, and it comes by hearing the word and and so as we read this we're hearing it first ourselves so let's uh, let's read this together oh magnify the lord with me and let us exalt his name together let's do it one more time good and strong oh Boy, that is the truth, and, and it's, a, it's a challenge, and it's a call of God to his people to lift him up, to magnify him, really like we just did a few minutes ago in other ways, but worship is one beautiful way for that to happen. And as we look through the names of God, it's really the best way for us to get to know God. You want to know God more, or you maybe feel a little inadequate, or... Uh, maybe like you don't know him as well as maybe you think somebody else does. Uh, uh, nobody has the handle or the market on knowing God except for the humble, and 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 he call he he always responds to those that call on his name, and his names are very descriptive, and so you can begin to get to know him through knowing his names. That's why we will be going through several of them over the next number of weeks. Uh, and and names in the in the Bible are given to identify. They identify a person, and it tells you about them. And and as we you know we talked about before, uh, there's uh, you know sixty seven different names of God given throughout the Scriptures, used over uh, seventy eight times. So that tells you that maybe these names are important. Maybe it's something I should be paying attention to uh, so that I can get to know God's nature, His abilities, His plans, His purposes. They all will come in His name. We read next that the first prayer that we learned to pray had to do with the name. And we all are very familiar with this. When you pray, say, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your See, we all know that, and, and, and maybe sometimes we look over that uh, a little quickly, but it means that his name is completely different, separate, over everybody else's. It's not like anyone else's, and it's actually the name whereby we can be saved. And, and it's, a, it's a name that his names are set apart. They're unlike anything else. I read the message translation of that same verse, and so Jesus taught them this prayer Our Heavenly Father, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Wow. May it be the center. In other words, what your name means means impacts all of my life. And we're going to see that a little bit today when we look at the name Jehovah and Adonai. Uh, We looked last week at Elohim. And we saw that he was the all-powerful one. He was the creator. He introduces himself in the very beginning, in the beginning God, which is Elohim. Uh, and, and what it really means is that, you know, there, he's all-powerful. He's a creator. He doesn't know time. He doesn't have any boundaries. He created everything from nothing. And his words are all-powerful. And so he's, he's the creator. He's everything. He's the start. If you want to know where you came from, go right there and you'll find it. We came from God. He created us. Uh, and, and so the next name, that, uh, the next core name, really, we're going to look at three core names, Elohim and then Jehovah and Adonai. We're going to look at those two right now and just take a moment to see what they speak to us. Jehovah is a very important name. Uh, and so let's just pray uh, quickly here and ask the Holy Spirit to quicken our thoughts to receive this. Father, you said that uh, things are not understood by our natural mind, but the things of the Spirit are understood by the power of the Holy Spirit to our spirit. I pray for every person here, no matter how young they are in the Lord, no matter how old they are in the Lord, that Lord, today, Uh, We would have spiritual ears to hear, spiritual eyes to see. We would be able to understand uh, your word, your truth, through your name. Uh, And and God, we thank you for that. Quicken us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Jehovah, the name Jehovah, uh, means self-existing or even more so self-revealing. He's self-revealing. He, he comes in this name to reveal himself to you. He, he, he doesn't want you to determine who he is or what he's like, but he wants to reveal himself to you for who he really is. And <clears throat> you've probably been um, in situations where people try to tell you who you are. You know, it happens a lot in marriage. You know, you try to tell you who, who, who they are, and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, time out. <clears throat> Don't do that. You can't do that. It only causes problems. Let me tell you who I am. And this is what he begins to do through his name, Jehovah, the self-revealing one. God wants you to know him. God wants you to know him. And and, and, and as I begin praying and pondering through this, uh, our propensity is to lean toward just knowing about him. This is a lot easier. I don't have to necessarily be transformed if I just know about him. But when I get to know him, it requires a transformation from the inside out that I can't avoid. In other words, he begins to do something inside. Something inside begins to stir that I have to respond to or choose to ignore. And unfortunately, we often are quick to ignore those promptings. But as I get to know him, and as you get to know his name, and this name, Jehovah, by the way, is coupled with more names than any other core name. Uh, and you've heard of, I'm sure, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom. It all is coupled with that because he's, what? He's revealing himself to you through these names. Um Most of God's names, as you read in Scripture, as you will see, are usually made known or they come out of different scenarios or situations. In other words, a a, a man gets in a bind, and so he cries out to God, and God shows him the answer. And the answer was him all along, and the answer was there all along, but he just wasn't seeing it, or she wasn't seeing it, or hearing it, or knowing it, or wanting to choose it. And so he comes and he reveals himself to us as who that is and and so that you can get to know him and 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 I know that it's it's uh it's very common in in my life and probably in your life too I'm not sure but it's common for me to get into a bind and then cause me to do what cry out to God anybody here with that one You know, you just want you all of a sudden, man, I'm desperate. God, I I can't do anything about this. I got to cry out to you. And again, that's where he reveals his name. And so as we go through these names and as you read through all the names in the scriptures, excuse me, what you will find is that in the time of need, he'll be there in his name. We pray in Jesus name and he's all he's all consuming. He covers everything. Why? But he brings all those names in. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah you know, uh, Raphael, Jehovah Shalom. He brings those in in a time of need. And when he comes in at that time of need by his name, all of a sudden that revelation comes to you and transforms your life forever. How many can say amen to that? We've had a few exchanges. I remember uh, when I was uh, first paralyzed up to my nose uh, and they said that I wasn't going to live and so forth. He came to me with uh, shalom, with his peace. And I remember through the entire two-month process of being in intensive care, there was a peace about me. And as I look back at the different pictures that were taken of me, there was always a smile on my face, even at 90 pounds, tubes everywhere, uh, the threat of dying, the threat of going to uh, being paralyzed the rest of my life. There was always a smile on my face because he set set his peace in me at that moment, and I learned about him at that moment, and that totally transformed my life, and today I I can walk in greater peace uh, most of the time because I know the name. I I, I know that, and sometimes I'm still at the point where you got to get pressured into the corner where all of a sudden you remember, hey, wait a minute, he is Jehovah Shalom, or he's my healer. You think of the different times. And, and it's out of that you grow closer to him and, and you begin to discover him. And and again, uh, it's unfortunate, but sometimes we get to that place where we're pushed into a corner and, and all of a sudden we cry out to God. And he wants us to walk in, in a greater measure than that. He wants us to walk in this relationship in an ongoing way. Uh, to where we don't have those surprises. We don't have those moments where we've got to do that. He'll never reject you. But how many know He wants you to walk in a greater level of who He is? You know why? Because you are made in His image and His likeness. And you have the same capacity to walk in who He is that He did. Ever since Jesus Christ came and took the curse broke the curse. It puts you and positions you back as a son and daughter of God yes. with all of his word that comes with it, all of his personality that comes with it, all of his character, all of his strengths come back to you. Yes. Yes. Isn't that amazing That's right. that he trusts you with all that? Amen. And he's given us all that. And I think, wow, God, God, No wonder, you know, the Scripture reveals your people as one happy people, because they've discovered these truths. And as we learn to walk in them and and take a hold of them, they transform us forever. And I think maybe you could yourself could say, I can I can tell you a few areas that God has changed my life forever. Can anybody tell me that this morning? Come on. How many How many say it's still happening? (laughs) Yes. How many spouses are? grateful it's still happening. But we, we, we get to know him and we cry out to him and we know him. And I want to just take a moment. I want to look at, and uh, if you notice, the scripture is filled with people and people's stories and people's lives so that we can see them and, and learn from them and, uh, and, and realize how much like them we really are and learn how to draw from God. We're going to look at Moses. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 3. And we're just going to go through a few verses and allow it to define to us about Jehovah. In Exodus chapter 3, and starting with verse 4, it says this here. It says, So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look... God called him from the midst of the bush. Now, just to catch you up on the story, um, you know Moses. He's out in the wilderness. You know He tried to save God's people once. He did it the wrong way because he tried to do it his way. It failed. He races out into the wilderness. He burrows around for about 40 years, and now God's coming to him in a burning bush. And the interesting thing about this burning bush is that it wasn't burning. It was just burning. But it wasn't going away. And so it caught his attention. He all of a sudden realized, wow, that's just really odd. And so he's turning now to catch, the, to see what's really happening. And this is where God steps in. And God looked to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Now, Moses didn't have a last name that we know of. But it kind of would have been like Bob's mom saying, Bob Schroeder? You knew you were in trouble, right? Anybody hear both your names from your parents, you know you're probably in trouble. And this is what it is. Moses, Moses, he's calling Moses, getting his attention. Why? Because he'd been running from God. He's been racing away from God for 40 years. But God had never given up on his call. I just think that's amazing. He's calling him back. He prepared him for such a time as this. Didn't give up on him. Didn't change his mind about it. And Moses at this point, responds, and he said, here am I, or here I am. In verse 5, he goes on to say, and then he said, do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off of your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. And, and so he comes and he grabs his attention, and then he stops him and says, wait a minute, stop. Stop. And I think this is where Oftentimes we find ourselves where we want to rush into things, and 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 I I I I think that in general, if I could just be bold here this morning, and just to try to be a little bit plain and just really a matter of fact, I think we've lost the reverence of God in the household of God. Right. I really do, and this is what He's stopping him for. Don't 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 go quickly. I want you to stop. You're in holy ground. You're in the presence of the Almighty God. And, and we take it so lightly sometimes. And even when we're in worship here and God's presence begins to come, do you know that he responds to us when we are humble? He responds to us as we respond to him. And I think in particular in worship, as we learn to respond and be sensitive to him drawing us um, then we will begin to experience a greater depth of His presence because He's a holy God. Take off your shoes, Moses. You can't just run into this thing. This is this is important business. You're about to come face-to-face with the Creator. He's not trying to chase them off, but He's trying to slow them down and say, Hey, this is a, I'm, I'm God. And I think we've kind of lost that. It just seems like we take it flippant, and we take it lightly, and we... We maybe don't step into that place, but I think that here Moses is beginning to realize, wow, this is the creator of the universe. And, and I, the other side of this particular story very well could be, and maybe you could just address it for yourself, okay, address it for yourself. Sometimes God calls us or gets our attention with something, and we sit there and we decide whether we're going to step in or not, whether we're going to take our shoes off and just hang tight for just a moment to see what the Lord wants. Has he ever called you to fast? And you haven't? Have he ever called you to, hey, I want you this morning to get up and pray. I even woke you up. You know you never get up at this hour. I want you to come and pray, and we don't. We kind of just think about it for a few minutes, and then we choose something else. He tries to get our attention with something, and then we, we kind of ignore it. And I don't know about you, but I've done it far too many times. Where I just, ah, you know, I'm, I'm busy, or, you know, i got to get going. And, you know, those are the encounters that God wants to create with you to reveal himself to you in a real way. And when you miss those opportunities, when you walk away from those opportunities, or maybe you just pray a quick prayer and race off, you probably missed a revelation of one of his names. You missed a revelation of who he really was and who he really wanted to reveal himself to you as. And we walk away and then we stumble and we, you know, we wrestle around for a few more months and, and then again he comes and knocks on the door. Right? Isn't that what Revelation says? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody opens it up, I'm going to come in and I'm going to sup with him. That's not a salvation message. That message was being spoken to the church, to the people of God. Saying, hey, I'm going to knock on the door of your heart. Would you just stop and just let me in? I'll talk with you if you will. And I think God's never made it hard for us to get a hold of him. Verse 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham. He's using the word Elohim here, the God of power, the creator. He's he's coming now, and 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 for whatever reason, he's trying to remind Moses about those that came before him. Listen, I'm the God of Abraham. Remember Abraham, he's the one I asked to take his son up to the top of the mountain, and, and I spared him. I brought a lamb and I spared him remember that? I'm the God of Isaac. What about Isaac? And and I'm the God of Jacob. What about his grandson, Jacob? And I called him and he was rebellious and he was a rebel. And I I called him out. And one night he finally stayed long enough to wrestle with me until I, I was able to break this curse that was on him of rebellion and set him and change his name to Israel and make him a leader that I wanted him to be. But he had to stop, and he had to connect. And if you know the story with Jacob, there was the ladder from heaven. And God said, man, I'm going to open the windows of heaven for you. But you remember he had to get get Jacob to stop. But Jacob decided, man, I'm wrestling tonight. I've been through this mountain enough. I'm I'm, I'm done running from you. (laughs) I'm going to wrestle with you until you do what? Tell me your name. Tell me your name. If you'll tell me your name. And we see that through a number of scriptures. And it's, just a, it's just a level you know, of the, the, the fear of the Lord. Verse 10, Exodus chapter uh, 3 and verse 10. Let's drop down just a little bit more. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Verse 11. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Who am I? God totally highlighted this one to me. He said, you know, encourage, exhort, yell at if you have to, <laughs> everybody, and remind them it's not about them, it's about him. But he wants to use you. And he wants to give you a much larger vision than maybe you could ever imagine. I think sometimes we just settle for, okay, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm just going to find something nice to do, and I'm going to do it. Instead of believing that maybe you're a Moses, and he's going to use you to part the Red Sea in a few years. Or or, or maybe, uh, you know, maybe you're a a Saul going to become a Paul, And he's going to use you to change the then-known world and introduce the church to the world. You know what I mean? Maybe you're a Jacob or an Isaac or an Esther that's going to go in and save the entire Jewish nation. Who knows that you are called for such a time as this? And can I just say to you that every one of you are called? God is looking for you to... Tap into what he created you for so that you can do it. But it's not going to happen if you if you do what Moses did. Who am I? Who am I? And I just that just began to resonate through my thoughts as I as I read it this week. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? How do we break that thinking off of our own minds so that we can step into what he really made me to do? What he made you to do. See, because if you're thinking too small, you're not going to think like God. But we come up with these statements, and and again, Moses is really a great picture for all of us. You know, he goes in, he, 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 he chooses God over Pharaoh's house. Remember, he was raised in Pharaoh's house, but he finally got to the point and said, I don't want all of that. I want God. Chooses to follow him, goes after him, gets zealous about it, kills somebody trying to save Israel, gets chased off into the wilderness for four, he had a lot of forty years, forty years, forty years, forty years. He did, and and he goes and he gets out there. He has another, he has an encounter with God, and then he comes back to then deliver all of Israel out of Egypt. Wow, he just didn't give up. He didn't. He didn't give up. He didn't say. Who am I continually? He finally stopped when the Lord had an encounter with him and revealed himself to him as God. Verse 12, he goes on to say, So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that, you, that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Verse 13. And then Moses said this. He's getting a little jittery at this point. Because he's recognizing, this is a big call. You want me to go in there and face a guy that kills anybody that defies him? I mean, just kills him. He even, doesn't even care about it. Just kills him. You want me to go to him and tell him to let your people go? And Moses said, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, well, what is his name? And what shall I say to them? He's like, wow, help me out with this one, God. And then verse 14, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. This I am is a sacred name. It's the sacred name of God. And it's where we get the name uh, Yahweh, which is then translated into English, Jehovah. And so he comes to him and he says, this is the name that I'm going to give to you. I'm going to give you this name. And I want you just to speak this name. And I, I often think about, you know, how, how we, uh, we, we probably take lightly names. And in particular, we take lightly the names of God. And he's wanting to pull us away from that. But he's calling him out and he's given this very simple name. It wasn't a hard one, right? I am. <laughs> I am who I am. I mean, really, it's enough to intimidate a person. Like I said last week, you know, uh, it would have been better if it would have been maybe Spider-Man or the Hulk or something like that, but no, it's I am. And and so what's he doing? He's trying to get him to completely trust in him, to come to the simplistic place of just trusting in him. Go on to verse 15, and he goes, Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord your God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. So he's given that name to all of us, Jehovah. He's given it to all of us to use and to step forward with. He wants us to know him. He wants us to relate to him. He wants us to encounter and connect with him as Jehovah reveals himself to us in his multifaceted character, nature, power. It's just what he has to reveal to us, and we come to know him in these areas and in these things. Let me just give you a few points about this particular name, the name Jehovah. Number one, it's self sufficient. It's self-sufficient because, again, we, I, have to, I have to believe that if I'm going to put my complete trust in it, if I'm going to jump off the stairs like we used to ask our kids to do, jump. They've got to trust us, right? i got to trust him, so I need to know his name. So He's self-sufficient. In other words, he's all-inclusive. He has no need of anything else. The buck stops with him. I like Jeremiah and how he said it, uh, oh, Lord God. Behold, and this is a revelation to him, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and with your outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. And I'm going to need to know that if I'm going to step out into his name, I've got to step out in total confidence and total faith that he can do it. So he's the self sufficient one. The buck stops there. There's no one greater than he, there's no one that even compares to him. He created everything that's created. There's not one thing that, is, that you see and you experience that he didn't create. The second thing is he's self-existent. He exists of himself. He doesn't rely on anyone else for his power or for his life. He's self-existent. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 6. Inasmuch as there is none like you, O Lord. And that word Lord, most of the time when it's capitalized in your, in your Bible, when it's all caps... That stands for Jehovah. So you just know that. Jehovah. And and, uh, he says, Oh, Lord, Jehovah, you are great and your name is great in might. In other words, you are everything. You're everything that I would ever need. You're the greatest of all. I, I like the, in Acts chapter 17 and verse 28, if you want to just jot it down, it says this about us. It says, For in him we live and move and have our being. In Him, we live and move and have our being. He doesn't do that. He lives in Himself. I and mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Number three, He is forever. As we know, He's from the beginning to the end. He has no past, He has no future. Isaiah uh, chapter 40 and verse 28 says it this way. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, He never faints, nor is he weary. He's just just absolutely phenomenal. He's forever. He he doesn't sleep. There's no night for him. He's all the time. He's he's that kind of a God. He's always with you. He's always there. He doesn't have to worry about anything. His understanding is totally unsearchable. Uh, Verse number four is he's, he's a personal God. He loves to walk with you and he loves to talk with you. Sounds like an old song, isn't it? He walks with you and he talks with you. <laughs> you have Julie come up and sing us a solo. Uh, she'd probably love it. And Shirley would probably be her uh, sidekick uh, on that one. He loves to talk with you. He loves to walk with you. And I was just brought back and thinking of the garden scene with God and Adam and Eve before sin. It said he walked with them. When Jesus came and did away with sin, he opened that door again for him to walk with you. That's why when it, when it really bottoms out, you know, if you're not experiencing uh, a greater personal encounter with God as you grow in him, as you grow in him, as you grow in him, then, then you're, you're, you might be missing something. And that's what I hope these names bring us to, to where we begin to say, okay, God, next time I'm in a bind, I'm going to call out to you for this. And when I call out to you and you answer, God, something's going to happen, and I'm going to get to know you better. Because he wants you to know him. He's the relational part of this picture for us. Jehovah, the relational one, the one that reveals himself. He's the revealing of himself. And the fifth thing is he's, uh, he's, he is self-defined. He doesn't want you or I to define him, but he's self-defined. He opens up the entire Bible with, in the beginning, God is a great creator. And and then he starts adding, if you read through Genesis and you get to chapter 2, you'll start seeing it switches from God did this, God did this, God did this. It switches now then to Lord God. Lord God. So he revealed himself in his power by creating you and creating everything. And now he's starting to, he's going to begin to reveal himself to you by name. And you'll, again, you'll see this Lord God, Lord God, Lord God from about Genesis 2, 4, and on. And he begins to open up with the additions of the names. Why? Because God's power is related to relationships. God's power is related to relationship. We've always wanted a genie in a bottle. But he's saying, no, 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 no. It's relationship that connects you to the power. Because you know him. You begin to walk in him. You begin to experience that. So Jehovah is the relational core name that we see in the scriptures of God, and it opens up and reveals who he is more specifically and more specifically to your everyday life. And again, we go through the names, Jehovah Raphael, Jehovah Shalom. You begin to see how each of those relate to you and your daily life. So I'm amazed at that. 67 different names that he gives us to know about him so that he can enter in and reveal himself to us supernaturally with the creator's power in those settings. Adonai, Adonai, the third core name that we see in scriptures, and it's found in Psalms chapter 16 and verse two and in other areas, of course. Uh, It says, oh, my soul, (laughs) you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. Wow. And, and, and again, Adonai is generally going to be spelled in your, in, in your Bible with a capital L and a small O-R-D. Where Jehovah is going to be generally, almost always, generally L-O-R-D capitalized. Just kind of get you familiar with how, as you read, you begin to understand what might be being said. Maybe what the Lord's trying to communicate to us. And the word Adonai means the God who rules. He's the master. He's the ruler. I've been speaking lately about just uh, mentioning, throwing it out, and maybe some of you are grabbing it and maybe not, is, is that I, I think lordship is something that the, the Lord is after in each of our lives. He's not happy with you just uh, getting fire insurance, but he's wanting to get a hold of you. And he's wanting to pull you in, and he's wanting you to not only have him uh, as, uh, as, as the, the power, okay, the, the, the Elohim, the power of God, not only just to know his name and try to utilize his name, but the further picture of knowing his names means I'm moving from Jehovah, the, the relational one, to Adonai, him being my master... Remember, Jesus called all of his disciples. What did he say to them? Come and do what? Follow me. Follow me. And so I move from Jehovah, the relational one, into Adonai, okay, the master. He becomes my boss, my leader, the one I follow, and that opens the door for the power of God to move in me and through me. See, we want it the other way around. We just want the power and not necessarily relationship. And that's kind of been a challenge with the church for ages. We, we move into a religious place and we get busy and we forget to forget him. And all we do is call on in his name. Give me this and give me this and give me this. But that's, that's not what God's heart is after. He's after you. He's after you more than anything else. He wants you more than anything else. and He wants you to be a son or a daughter that so adores Him because you know His name. Jehovah is my provider. Because you know His name and and you've connected with Him in that way so that He can draw you into this place of perfection and beauty. Because remember, He said, I'm coming back for a what? A bride without spot or wrinkle. Now all this other... I don't use the word crap in church. All this other garbage that goes on around us, okay? All this other garbage that's going on around us is just a distraction. Don't get distracted. You can vote in the best president that you want, but it isn't going to do what needs to be done. It's a time for the church to begin to rise up and say, God, we want your glory here. We want your glory here. We want the power of God here. Now, in a a few minutes, we're going to announce that we we want you to vote. And I think you should vote, okay? But I just want you to have your total dependence on him first. Him first. But he's calling you to a new level of commitment. Adonai, the master, the Lord. And you'll see this name throughout Scripture coming to us. I just want to say this morning as we wrap this up. Elohim is the power. We saw it in the very beginning. It moved then to learning to know his name and who he really is. But it should move to him becoming your Lord, not just your Savior. Isn't that what he said he wanted I want to be your Lord and Savior. I want to be your Lord and Savior. And and, and, and if there's ever been a a shofar to be blown, it would be that. It would be a call to us. As a matter of fact, I think they're supposed to blow it today, aren't they? Uh, To to wrap up a few days of a Jewish festival. Supposed to blow the shofar. Probably should have had Jan bring hers and uh, hook Bob to it and see if we could blow it. But you know, what I mean, just a, the, the 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 what is that? It was a call. It was a call to the people of God. It was a rallying together. It was a coming together with the call of God. The horn on an animal always represented strength and what authority. So isn't it interesting that He chooses to make this beautiful instrument out of a horn? But that horn isn't blowing just to sound good. That horn isn't blowing just to sound good. It's blowing to rally his people together. And and, and I don't know where you're at, but if something isn't bubbling up inside of you about the time and season that we're living in, the greatest day that the world has ever seen, okay? I read it earlier. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Gross darkness is going to cover the earth. Come on. Okay, just, just settle it. It's going to. But God's going to arise in you, it says. His glory is going to be seen in you, it said. His his, 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 his his beauty is going to be seen in you. He's not worried about what's going on out there. You know that light always does what to darkness. Doesn't it get rid of it? Can you almost see it now? Here we go, we're just walking through life and God's people are really arming themselves with his presence and with his name and with his power and we've come to complete Lordship and we're, we're just all just everywhere, a little bit here, a few here, a few there, and, and we all just kinda decide to go out one day and God decides uh, in a moment, okay, to flip the switch on. Guess what happens to all the darkness? Doesn't it flee? You remember when they were facing the Red Sea and they were all kind of standing there, biting their nails, complaining to Moses, you know, why did you bring us here? It was nicer back there. And well, then the army's coming to kill us. And that was a serious thing for them. You know, we make light of it. and We kind of read the story. But do you realize that God completely parted the waters? and they walked through on dry land and once they got to the other side the enemy tried to chase them and he just destroyed them he's not a problem destroying the enemies and that's what will happen i'm just seeing it now i mean I, <laughs> have you ever just had you know you walk into a really dark room and you turn on the light and it's much brighter than you thought you know, what do you do? Ah, you don't know, like that. You know, just, that's what's going to happen. The glory of the Lord is going to come and cover the earth according to this word. And I want to be a part of that because Isaiah says we were a part of that. But I've got to be in alignment with the power, the name, the relationship, and the master. And so I'd like for you just to bow your heads for just a moment. The Holy Spirit was so strong last night and so strong in worship this morning. I can't help but think that he has something for you, for all of us. And you're not here by accident. And I just ask you to lean in and let's see what the Lord would seal in our hearts even right now. So that i don't turn away from it when i walk out of this building and leave this room and i feel it now but i'm leaving it and i'm going to just leave it and let it be nothing as we've all done far too many times but i want god to put an imprint on our hearts this morning a mark on our hearts this morning like he marked saul and made a pole out of him so that when i walk out of this room i am not going to be the same God is going to do something different in me, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. I'm going to get rid of the excuses. I'm going to get rid of the time wasters. I'm going to get rid of the distractions, and I am going to focus on the Lord my God. I will not miss out on what he has for my own foolishness and selfish gain. But God, today, I pray for each one of us. Just come this morning right now, Father. I just remember times when you just pushed the seed of your word a little deeper inside of me at this juncture and that juncture, and made a life change at this juncture and that juncture. And I'm praying for every one of us here this morning, God, that we would each have one of those right now. We would go further, God. This is the hour and this is the day for the church of the living God to arise like never before. And, and, and to put off the distractions and begin to uh, call on the name of the Lord and begin to open up the, the door for His hand to move in us and through us like never before. I pray for everyone, God, online watching right now. Just put your hand on your heart. Just pray with us, God. Just open the windows of heaven over us today, God. And just push the seed down. I receive it. Just say it this morning. I receive it this morning, God. I receive it. You said the high call of God in Christ Jesus is upon us. And we receive it today. I break down every excuse and I say, give us the spirit of Moses that never gave up. No matter how old he was. No matter how many failures he had. He did not give up. But he pressed on to release your people. God we thank you this morning for your presence thank you for how sweet it was here this morning God thank you that you're so patient and loving long suffering thank you that you put your banner over us hallelujah Lord hallelujah Lord